go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's your favorite benevolent dictator. It's me, President Abonja. I hope you're all doing well and getting ready for the Christmas, uh, even though it's not been canceled. Uh, I don't know where you guys are. I know I've got listeners from all over the world, from Australia to Indonesia, but where I am currently residing, because I'm still under house arrest, it's clear to me, based on the information that my people have told me about the British government, that we are now in tier three, which means that, you know, constant lockdown until the new year. And I haven't done any Christmas shopping. I feel so sorry for my neighbor because I might need their Christmas talkie. Don't tell them, but that might, what might happen. But I am so pleased to um, welcome our next guest. Uh, I, this is episode 17 of If Comedians Rule the World. And just let me tell you a little bit about Duracey, who is a London-based actor and physical performer. His passion of physical theater and movement has allowed him to travel and perform at various international festivals around Europe, as well as UK venues such as Royal Albert Hall, Royal Opera House, and Leeds Grand Theatre. Let me just repeat that. These are all royal venues. Royal Harvard Hall, Royal Opera House, and Leeds Grand Theatre. And if you don't know these venues, then you don't know anything. As a bilingual voice artist, not only is he a physical performer as a dancer, he's also a voice artist. He has worked with clients such as Google, Xbox, Xmedia, Expedia, all in Swedish. So maybe one of the things that might happen today is that Duracey might teach me how to speak uh, Swedish, if that's the way it is, or Sweden, whatever it is. Uh, with over five years, not only, not only is he a physical performer, not only is he a model, he's actually a model with over five years of professional modern experience. He has modeled for brands such as Gucci, New Look, Hosh Poppies, Nikkei, Nikkei, as Nigerians call it, and Adidas. Look, you, you, you would hear, I never said anything about Primark or Lidl. Let me just repeat his modeling experience. His modeling experience is Hosh Poppies, Gucci, New Look, Hosh Poppies, Nikkei or Nike, and Adidas. No Primark, no Lidl. Very, very, you know, sophisticated designer places. And in 2018, he choreographed the opening and closing on Ben Sharma's catwalk show at London Men's Fashion Week at Somerset House. This man, I call a brother, is very, very talented, as you can tell. He is very talented. So give it up for Duracey. How are you, Duracey? I'm good. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> Yes, I, I didn't know that. That's how Nigerians pronounce Nike, Nikkei. Yes, Nikkei. I love it. I Nikkei. Love it. I mean, I, I know Google. I know Google, but like Nikkei, that's um, Nikkei. That's, Nikkei. That's they don't really call it that way. It's just that Nikkei is a Yoruba name, and as far as I'm concerned, it should be called by its Yoruba name. You know, that's what we call cultural appropriation. They just took that name and changed it to Nike. You know. Nothing. Nothing would surprise me. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't agree. I can't disagree. But nothing would surprise me. Yeah. Do some research on that. <laughs> How have you been? I'm trying to remember, not because our assignments are set in. I'm trying to remember when I, where we met. I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, we met at a comedy gig 
somewhere in Tottenham or Manor House and there was someone who was hosting some kind of event there and that's how yes. I met you with another friend of mine called Rick Pistol. And, yes, it so, yes. and it so happened that that was the beginning of my comedy career, which was well over 11 years ago. Wow, I don't think it was, I think it was like eight years ago. Come on, don't, don't, don't try to make yourself feel older. Like, it was like eight years ago. I never said I was old, I'm mature. It's you trying to remember. <laughs> I can't believe I called the I can't believe I called the dictator old man. That's, it's that's okay. Cool. It's okay. This is what happens when this is what happens when you conduct an interview in a democratic country. You know, you're allowed to just say what you need to say. But yeah, that was that was. And you know what's really interesting about that gig is that I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what comedy was. I just went on stage and I did what I needed to do. I didn't even have a set. I just said something said a few things and people were just laughing some people some people have it do you know what i mean it's, it's literally just what i was saying some people actually just have it yeah um, but then i look about i look at where i was and where i am now and where you are because you have done fantastically well in terms of growth it's just unbelievable i remember going on the on the, going back to london this was before the lockdown and i saw a poster of you and i said no him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I see your face all over the place. Well done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so how's it? Let's start. Let's start with this uh, challenging times that we have had over yeah. the last nine months or so. How have you coped and how has that affected your industry? Wow. Um, I mean, it goes without saying the industry has been um, it's 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 been it's been flogged i see uh, you know uh, especially if you, if you do theater a lot of my friends do theater um what, one of my housemates who's uh, who's a poet and also an actor and he does musical theater um he was literally about to go on stage when they closed everything like literally about to go on stage when they said guys we have to close the show everyone's have to go home um and i was the week i was about to perform at the uh, um, english national opera i was doing i was doing rehearsal um that same week everything got cancelled which i i knew that was going to happen I, I had a feeling that was going to happen so i was kind of mentally prepared um so in a, in the stage industry and the events industry that i mean it's it definitely got a thrashing you know um and it's it is really heartbreaking it was it was really heartbreaking to see that um saying that however despite that i've been taking things one day at a time so when everything got closed down and it was like whoa i threw myself into other stuff i i started um i was lucky enough to get a full-time job um from home which was um selling covid related treatments to hospitals um completely different skill and i'm really grateful for that um but i just threw myself into things because I'm, I'm i'm i always need to do something so that was my way of distracting things and i've been taking things one day at a time but saying that um the past i would say what nine months since it will happen i've been i've been very i've, I've just i've had a lot to be grateful for um I've, I've actually managed to work in july um the film industry didn't hit didn't, didn't take as much of a hit as the theater industry so bbc and all these bbc and itv and all these media media production companies they started filming in may uh, may and june they were already filming i was already filming in Around July, I was already filming something, and um, I voiceover work. I mean, which is relatively COVID safe. 
So I ended up doing a lot more voiceover work than I've done in the past. Like the past five months, I've been doing a lot of voiceover work, which I'm really grateful for, uh, both in Swedish and English. Um, so yeah, I've I've um, I've developed this huge attitude for gratitude. This wow, wow! You you are just a great testament of the things I have been saying to people that there are people who have actually survived the pandemic by getting jobs or actually bettering themselves, and it's just really amazing to hear. Oh, amazing to hear your story uh, in that respect. And you're a black man who speaks Swedish. Can you say <laughs> some, you know, and I don't mean to stereotype, but can you say some Swedish to me? What do you want me to say in Swedish? I mean, it's like... Just say, that... uh, President Abonja is the greatest dictator. Okay, right. All right, so I'm, I'm just to explain before I start speaking, I'm, I'm from Stockholm. I grew up in Stockholm. Okay. Um, and so my, my, my Swedish accent is very Stockholm. It's like being from the UK and having, having a London accent. So... So I, I so yeah, so basically just uh, you know, if anyone wants to know, so there's so many different accents and dialects as well. Yeah. Okay, so what do you want me to, you want me to say? President Abonja is the greatest, right? Yeah. Okay, right. Um, I'll, 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 you know, I'll milk it out a little bit and I'll just do the whole introduction, right? Hey, I hope you're well. You're sitting just behind me in a video interview with President Obonjo, one of the most cramgåaste dictatorerna som jag någonsin träffat i mitt liv. Helt cramgåd. Och det är svårt att tro att han är en diktator, för han är så otroligt. Som jag har sagt, han är otroligt cramgåd. Och han är bland de bästa, absolut bland de bästa. Och vi har just nu... Lite soft konversation just nu. Prata om allting, industrin och livet och hela köret. Så jag hoppas att ni sitter typ fastspända i, i soffan med er bash och lite kvällsmiddag över vad ni än gör ikväll. Och typ slår av tvn och kollar in här. Och där går det på, på, på Youtube. Stopp! Det låter så jammer. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a Germanic language, but to be honest, German, a German person would never understand Swedish. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I studied German. I studied German um, when I was when I was at school in Sweden because you could study like German, Spanish, and French. Uh, and I, I studied German and, and Spanish, and um, I so I okay, so I, I understand a little bit of German, but I know for a fact when I'm around German people and they hear, they hear Swedish, they're just like, what? Wow. So how many languages can you speak? Um, I'm, I'm bilingual. So I'm obviously English and Swedish. Those are the two things on in terms of voiceover. Those are the jobs I get. Um, I'm conversational in Spanish because I study Spanish and I, I'm also conversational. Well, less conversational in Portuguese. Um, I studied Brazilian Portuguese. So my, when I, my accent in Portuguese is very Brazilian. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the amount of talent that you've got. You've just, you, you multi, I would always call it like multitasking. You know, you've got your fingers in every, every pie. I don't know. I don't know if it's like multitasking or just like lack of focus. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'll do that. Now I'm bored. Let's do that. Oh, now I'm bored. Oh, worry about that. So, I mean, I want to say I've got like, I, I want to say I've got ADD. I definitely want to say that, you know, like that would be mm. go a little bit too far, but you know, I think it's just, I don't know, multitasking or just lack of focus, I don't know, just... Yeah, but, yeah, it, it, but in, in, in an, especially in the era that we're in, where, you know, 
I'm sure those skills, if you were just one dimensional, uh, so for example, let me just explain the comedy industry, you're either a live performer or a writer or a voice artist or you do advertising. Can you imagine if you're just a live performer and you don't do anything else and there is no live performance, which has been the case since March, you're screwed. You're screwed. Yeah. And that's, that's the point I'm trying to make, but it's in this day and age, even if the pandemic wasn't happening, it's better to be multi-skilled because you never know when those skills will be needed. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. I mean, I think to be honest, I think the same thing goes with acting because um, you get you get actors who are. I've, I've been to certain acting classes. Um, I remember, like, I went to an acting course once years ago, and uh, the the facilitator who actually organised it, um, very direct woman, and I, I appreciate her bluntness. And, like, that, that's one thing I'm, I'm I'm very I always appreciate bluntness. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember she also she was also a life coach, which was quite interesting. So she would have like one-to-one -one chats with us after a 12, 10-week course. And this wasn't my acting education. I already had, I already trained as an actor prior to that. It was like just like an extracurricular course. And uh, I remember when she asked me about my progress from week one to week 10. And I remember at that time I just, I just got signed up with a modeling agency. So I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, I got signed up with a modeling agency. And she was like, you need to make a decision. Either you're an actor or you're a model. You can't be both. You can't be flashy. You know, I was just like, okay, right, yeah. I was just like, wow, I just felt terrible. And I'm like, now when I'm thinking of think of it, I'm like, okay, I can I can hear her, I can, I can see her point. You need to have a certain focus. Like, what do you what is it that you want to do? But at the same time, don't limit limit yourself. Because you get some actors who are like, I am an actor, I'm an actor, and that's what I do, and etc. And some actors, for instance, which is very common. A lot of actors are brilliant actors, and they're so well, well versed with Shakespeare, and they, they're killing it in the theater game and film game, like just absolutely amazing. But when it comes to movement, it's just like, you know, it's like it's like it's like putting a square peg into a circle sometimes, and you come you come across a lot of that. So I think why you know you, you, why limit yourself? You know, like it's pretty much what you said. Like if you only do live performances, you know. Um, yeah, that's the same as, yeah, don't limit yourself. It makes you, I guess, makes you more interesting. Also, it's more, it, it stimulates you a lot more as well. You know, mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. upskilling is stimulating, isn't it? Yeah. I've got lots of questions. Um, so the, 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 the very first one, obviously, is you, you have, you're a physical performer, you, you act, you model, voice artist. Which of, which do you prefer? Which, which is the most enjoyable out of all of them? Wow. Um, uh, can you remind me what I do, what I do again? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, gosh, well, um, I, th I think I think I'm doing what I enjoy doing. Um, I my my passions are like so my my passion is movement. I first and foremost, I, I I am a movement performer. I love physical theatre. I love devising. I love using my body. So I'm a very physical performer. I'm a physical actor. I'm, I've always been more comfortable expressing myself with my body and believe it or not um i am actually not very confident with speaking um i i i actually hate speaking in front of a live audience public speaking is like the most traumatizing thing i can imagine which is why i tend to struggle a lot with theater um i i love as much as i love appreciate regenerate just appreciate the theater i love going to going to see my friends perform and i, I love it and i miss it but as an actor, I get terrified. So I, 
I, I'm pretty much doing what I love doing, movement, film, and, um, and voiceover. Those, those are like literally just, I just kind of hold, hold in on it. Two years ago, and I just realized that's what I want to do. That's what inspires me. That's what drives me. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm closer to doing what I just really want to do. So, but yeah, between the three of them, it's, it's, I know, it's really hard. I mean, modeling, I, I just, I fell into it by accident. Um, I, I had friends who were telling me like, oh, well, you know, you, if, you're, you know you, if you're struggling financially, what are you for doing modeling? Because that could really sort things out. And I'm like, what? Okay, well, um, I fell into it by accident. So someone just sent a picture of me to a photographer and I just got a phone call and just work started like snowballing. But um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I know. Like movement. I think movement. Movement is my passion, mate. And you can incorporate in all of it and modeling and film and what, whatnot. You, you might not remember it. this, but you asked me to come, you invited me to uh, one of your theater shows. Yeah, that, that was like, that was four years ago. That was yeah, that was, it, that was quite intense because... Yeah, that was, was just... yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was an interesting piece, wasn't it? I'd never, that was, I'd never done anything like that before. That was, that was completely out of my comfort zone. I'd never done something like that. That was very new for me. So yeah. One of the reasons why I wanted you on this podcast is obviously uh, I tend to focus on political subjects. Uh, I demand that people come to my podcast and I also demand that people think about what they want, what particular subject they want to talk about. And when I was thinking of guests, I just remember that theater show. If I remember it correctly, it had lots of political messages because uh, it was about oppression uh, you know, this is about four years ago, but it, it just resonated with me in such a way. It was such a powerful performance that uh, I, I enjoyed almost like when I do my comedy that you could, you know, it's not about preaching to people to convert them, but it's an opportunity that once you're on the platform, uh, either on stage or wherever it is, or you've got a microphone, you have a responsibility to, to impact some messages to people and that's what yeah. that theater show um, uh, did for me that day. And uh, it, yeah, it's been good. And you're obviously a, a black man. Uh, what part of the world are you from originally, apart from Sweden? Um, oh, apart from Sweden. Well, I mean, I'm, my passport is uh, Swedish, obviously, but I'm not clearly not indigenously. Um, I, it, interestingly enough, my parents are from South Africa. I, 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 I don't look South African. Um, um but yeah my, my parents are from south africa so yeah okay. and you have you been there um not that i can remember to be honest i i've got the flag just over there <laughs> okay, okay. That's, that's flag, by the way yeah. um but um i um i lived in sierra leone when i was about three years old so and i, I do have quite vivid memories of sierra leone to be honest mm. um yeah okay yeah. let's get into the nitty-gritty of it so i invited you here and I demanded you came on the podcast. I gave you short notice. I said, you've got to do this before you travel. Um, and my people made sure you it happened. We couldn't care less whether you were traveling the next day. We also said that you need to focus on a particular subject that you want to talk about. So what would you like to talk about? What would you like us to explore that is political and that you could change? Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, I guess, I guess. I mean, I feel like, I feel like this, this whole interview is subject to swerve in different ways, which is quite nice and you know delicious. Um, I, I, I just I, I thought about this just now because um, so um, yesterday I, I went through I went through a voice recording um, 
uh, for, for a radio commercial. It was like a voiceover job. And, um, and then one of the, the client was listening in. Um, and it was, it, was for, it was for a big, like, it was, it was for like a, a big sports brand. And the client was listening in. And um, when I was recording it, um, one of the feedback from the client was, um, okay, so um, maybe because I'm because I'm northern, um, I can't do northern accent, but like maybe because I'm northern, but like it's the way you said something, this one word that um, it just sounded a little bit too posh. Do you mind changing it a little bit to make it sound a bit more northern? And I'm like, okay, that's interesting because. I, I, this this is just like a general commercial that was going to be playing on the radio and on Spotify like next week, and um, it it just it just it was it's just aimed at the general public. So it it wasn't necessarily meant for someone up north like in Manchester or Leeds, because in that case they probably would have gotten someone who can do like a northern accent, which I can't do. Um, maybe with quite a lot of practice, but you know not on the spot. So I thought that was quite bizarre, but obviously I didn't say that. I was like, yeah, it's, it's the client. So I'm like, yeah, of course, sure. Um, I'll, I'll do my best, you know. Um, but I remember speaking to my friend about it and we just went, what? That's really bizarre. But that just reminded me a little bit. Um, that just, that tiny little comment just triggered something um, just down the line from memory lane where I've been to quite a lot of auditions and uh, I've been told, for instance, um, could you sound a little bit less well-spoken or could you sound a little bit more street or a little bit more urban? Um, obviously, depending on if the character I'm playing is, I don't know, from, you know, South East London or Tottenham, um, where, you know, where, where, the, the, where there's a certain, like, there's a certain, like, South East London accent that's spoken by Black people, you know, and, you, and then that's, that's just, like, fair enough. But, yeah, there have been certain jobs where I've been to, like, applied for audition-wise, where... That hasn't necessarily been in the requirement, but um, the client or like, not client, but like the person auditioning me has said, could you just sound a little bit less well-spoken? And then, and it's, it has felt like a very, very subjective comment. Mm -hmm. So they want, they want you to sound- Rather than objective oh. and structural, like, um, you know, like, So they want, they, they want you to sound urban. They want you to sound black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the most on urban and black, and I um and I also remember like just further down when I was when I was at drama school, I was about nineteen and twenty, and this this um, agent came to our school, um, very posh lady, but like, like very posh. She was in like in her fifties, sixties, very like just very very posh, very well well dressed, very well presentable, um, like spoke almost like the Queen's English, like heightened RP. And um, I asked her a question, so I was like, um, so what's the market like for black, for, for black actors? I was in my second year at, at drama school. And at that time, um, I'm not sure how much you know about, but at that time, being black was in, you know, they're like, people were saying, oh, you're going to get so much work because they want black people now. Now they want black people. Whereas like, you know, and then it changes. And like, it's like, oh, you should get a lot, because sometimes it changes from black people to like, Oh no! Now they want like Pakistani actors or Indian actors. Mm -hmm. Now they want Filipino actors, and I'm hoping that kind of changes. That you know, like um, this is my skin; it's here to stay. It's it's not a fashion trend, right? Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, but um, at that time, it was okay. Like at that time, black people were getting a lot. It was like there was a lot of requests for black actors. Mm -hmm. So I just asked, them, so what's the market like for black actors? Because I was the only black. I was the only black student in my in my in my not just in my year, but in my whole school. Mm -hmm. And then she said, um, there's, there's a lot of work for black, black actors right now. Um, a lot of TV production companies, BBC, they are um, they're starting to request, put in a huge amount of requests for 
um, African actors, African Caribbean actors for, for certain jobs. Um, the one thing I would say, just try to look a bit more street. Just try to look a bit more <laughs> urban street. And I was just like, I was just confused. I was, I was like 19 and 20, 19, 20. I was like confused. And even, even my classmates or the people in my school who were predominantly white from like middle-class backgrounds, because most people who go to drama school are actually from middle-class white backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And because drama school is expensive. But, um, and they were like predominantly from like middle-class white backgrounds. And even they just reacted a little bit to that comment. And they were like, even they found that comment quite bizarre. Like, what? Okay. Um, and, um, and I obviously I was I was quite I had I hadn't been out of, I hadn't been out yet you know so once I came out of the school I kind of understood I kind of got a prerequisite of that that comment was a prerequisite of what I was about to experience or like yeah me you know yeah okay so uh, that's quite interesting so you said you were the only black kid in the school how how did that feel um well. Black kid in the school. That sounds like elementary school. Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was. Yes, I was the only black student in the school. Um, do you know what? Like race, race wasn't necessarily something a top that I was. Like it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily blown in my face. I never, like, I didn't have to. Interestingly enough, despite being the only black person, I didn't feel like I was reminded of my race necessarily. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. Um, the one, the only time I noticed that noticed that was in terms of um, when we were doing plays, mm. or even when we were doing small plays. Um, there weren't any characters that kind of appealed necessarily to my casting, and like I, I just thought I wouldn't necessarily be casted in this. Mm -hmm. You know, um, obviously it was great doing like a great experience doing Harold Pinter plays, and mm -hmm. um, you know, and. Um, um, I, I was almost going to say David, you know, David Mamet or, you know, whatnot on Shakespeare and obviously in Chekhov. Um, it was a great experience trying that to figure out, you know, you know, at least whether, whether I enjoyed it or not, you know, at least, you know, I tried that. But I think I was, I was screaming for something that was, I had possibly like new writing for like black actors, mm -hmm. you know, playing a 20, 19, 20, 21 year old kid from, I know North London, Northeast mm -hmm. London, mm -hmm. uh, with their everyday, everyday issues. Whether it's not necessarily just the stereotypical, like you know, like knife crime and you know, yeah, yeah. knife crime and drug dealing that you get so much of that you get, you get a lot of. But just like a regular, like black 19, 21 year old kid who is at uni and has his his issues, you know, mental health issues, whatever whatever that may be. And I I didn't I I never really had that, you know. So yeah, that was that was that was one thing. So you clearly have um, um, an accent that is that obviously challenges people. So but you, you remind me of a time when I used to, before I started performing comedy, and I spoke to an interviewer on the phone, and it was a you know that they had to do some screening, interview screening, and then they basically said, okay, fine, come for the face-to-face -face interview. And they were quite shocked when I arrived for the interview because they didn't know I was black. They just, <laughs> they just, they freaked out. <laughs> how, how, long, how long ago was that? They were talking about, they were talking about, oh, well, like 25, 30 years ago. I know I'm showing my age now, but this was like 
30 years ago. It was crazy. It was really, it was so obvious that they were in shock. Like, Whoa, it's about black man sounding like that. Do you, <laughs> is that for you, based on all the other things that you do, is that an advantage for you or a disadvantage? Oh, sorry. Well, how do you mean, like? Being... I mean, in terms of your, in terms of the way you sound and the way you, yeah, the way you speak. Um, to be honest, I feel that um, I, I've, I was almost brought up to believe that it was a disadvantage um, because even like growing up in Sweden, because I, I lived in Sweden until I was eighteen. My mother yeah. when I was eighteen, and um, when I was when I, in, when I speak Swedish, I. A lot of people think I'm blonde and blue-eyed, and I've had that. I had an incident when I was in Sweden. Wow. And I was speaking to someone on the phone, and I met them in person. They're like, "Oh, you're black. You, you, you sounded so Swedish." And I've had people come up to me, go like, "How long have you lived in Sweden? You speak really good Swedish." <laughs> you know, and I'm like, um, and and sometimes because there is actually a big immigration community in Sweden. I'm not I'm not unique at all. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, black, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Black people in Sweden. Um, but yeah, there were moments where I got picked on. Um, I got made fun of because I spoke, I was as quote unquote, like proper Swedish, whatever you want to call it. Um, but since working in London, I realized speaking what people say, I don't know, proper Swedish, anyway, whatever you want to call it, that has actually been advantageous for me. Cool. Like I've cool. made money of it, like voiceover work. Excellent. Excellent. And I've done, I've done like some of the voiceover work I've done has been for big, like, you know, obviously, you know, you mentioned in my bio, but also um, learn sweet, learning Swedish apps. I've done learning Swedish apps. Like, I've learned my voice for that. So wow. if someone who's learning Swedish, they're learning it from a black person. <laughs> it, does not look, it does not look blonde. It's not, it doesn't look like the archetypical Scandinavian person, which I find hilarious. Um, so it's, it can be frustrating. It can be frustrating when you hear people commenting, "Oh, you speak so fancy and well." You know, like it's it's unnecessary. It's 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 incredibly unnecessary as a comment. It really is. Even if they probably that person might mean it as a compliment, you know, but it's just unnecessary. It's almost irrelevant. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I think for me, it, that's I know that it's it's working for you, especially in terms of the the, the Swedish language. I just find it really, I, I would have thought it's the other way around, that if you weren't sounded the way you sounded, that you will face more discrimination. It's almost like, it's almost like when you apply for a job and you have an African name, there used to be a view where whoever is going through that application will never choose an African name, but will choose someone who has an English name. You, you that, 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 is still, that is still the problem. That is yeah. still the problem. Yeah. I mean, you, you have, Black Londoners who have English-sounding names because they are from their parents are from the Commonwealth Caribbean countries, so they yeah. have like anglicized names. And then when it comes to the and when it comes to the interview, they're like, "Oh shit!" You know. So, there, yeah, so there was one recently. There was one recently. Someone told me that um, someone had been been to an organization, walked into an organization, and was told the person's African name and. The person said, "Oh, that's a that's a, that's an African name, isn't it? It sounds really African." <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So, Jurassic, yeah. So based on the challenges that you faced, if you were a leader, yeah, of a nation or of the world, how would you tackle these issues? What would you 
want to see change? How would you make that difference? Because obviously you need you you want to be accepted for who you are, not based on your skin, you know, or based on how you sound. You know, people should just accept you as you are. But we know there are prejudices that people put people into little boxes, you know, people stereotype by the way you sound or by the way you look. You've already mentioned all the times they want you to sound open. If you were in charge, yeah, leader of the free world or of a nation, maybe, I don't know, leader of South Africa, not Laughter Republic, there's no way I'll, I'll give up my country for you, <laughs> but maybe South Africa or Britain or wherever, where you were in a position of influence, what, how would you make, what would you, what would you like to see based on the things wow. you've said? Okay, wow, such a, you know, so much weight in that question. Um, so there's, there's a very thin line between being curious and being um, uh, judgmental, you know? Um, so first of all, I, I, one thing I need to stress is being ignorant is, there's nothing wrong with being ignorant, you know? It's, it's your attitude towards your ignorance. So there's one thing being ignorant, asking questions out of ignorance because you're just curious and you have no shame in asking that. You're like, I'm just, I don't know. And then you, but you, you need to, as long as you admit that you are ignorant, I look, I am ignorant and I'm asking because I'd love to get some perspective and learn, you know, get that, get it. I'd love for you to educate me on this because I, I don't know about this culture. I've only been, I've only been brought up in this community and it's very homogenous. I haven't traveled much, etc. So there's a difference between that and then someone who's very ignorant, um, but they are so rigid, like so rigidly set in like everything I've been brought up with, everything that was everything that everything that I've been brought up around is the norm to me. So anything that's different to what how I've been brought up, that is strange, and that needs to be pointed out and addressed. Um, whether it's with microaggressions or with passive aggressiveness, however you want to do. So that is a problem. That, that is a problem, you know? Um, and that's someone who doesn't want to admit that they are ignorant. We're all, we're all ignorant. It's just how we deal with it, right? So that's, that's the one thing, first of all, that, that I just really, really want to establish. Now, one thing I'd love to um, address is, um, I would love to address, um, so yes, we live, we live in a multicultural city. London is, London is a very multi, multicultural city, but you do also get certain communities where of pure Londoners who, who know very little of the outside world. And obviously like some people who just, a lot of people who are English, they only speak English. Um, so they only speak English, they only speak, and that's it, you know? And, um, and the, the, you know, they haven't made the effort of trying to learn and understand other language well, and then they get baffled when they meet people coming from EU countries or other countries, and they all of a sudden just, they, they speak English. Either they picked up English or they spoke English before in their, in their own country, you know? It's like, wow, that's, that's crazy. And I was like, but there's no, there's no reason for you to hold, hold that person in awe. Like, so I think I'd love to encourage I'd love to encourage just more like knowledge in geography. To be honest, I'd, I'd love to push geography. I'd love, to, I'd love to push linguistics. I'd love to push anthropology. I've always been into anthropology. Um, so I, I would love to push that. I'd love to push that and just integrate that way more in like schools and faculties, um, arts, especially in art and media, because may like this, this there's a point where we can laugh about um cultural stereotypes as much as possible you know um and then you know but 
it, it gets to a point where it just gets really old, you know, it gets to a point where it gets really, really old. And, and sometimes these cultural stereotypes actually becomes teachers to people because, and so they meet someone, they're like, oh, you're from that country, but that you don't look, that's not, that's not what I've seen on TV. All I've seen on TV is <laughs> happy from that country, you know? So like when I say Sweden, no. Oh, oh, clearly, I mean, they understand that I'm not, you know, indigenously Swedish, but when I tell people sometimes I'm Swedish, like, oh, so is your granddad Swedish? Or, and I'm like, um, oh, <laughs> this, this, this. and I just have to go like, there's this thing called immigration, <laughs> you know? So my parents immigrated to Sweden from somewhere else, you know? Um, yeah, so I, I love to, I love to make that, to be honest, I like to make that almost mandatory, like preaching the, the dictator here, but make um, just like geography, languages, anthropology, even way more mandatory because I, that's one criticism I've, I've noticed quite a bit within the UK. I've come across, yeah, I've come across people who are born in Bradley who are like very, very knowledgeable about the outside world the outside world about the world and linguistically as well mm. but it's 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 rare it mm. is really rare and it's it's i think it's a lot of the commonwealth countries as well it's you get in the uk and also like in the us as well mm. um i had some when i was in the us i had some really very very amusing um encounters um with some of the, some african-american i spoke to even like in new york when i was in new york um i had a great conversation with an um interesting conversation with this African-American gentleman who's old enough to be my grandfather. Very nice, very, very nice man. Like he was, he was actually really lovely. Um, um, but he just, he could tell that I, I had an accent and he was like, oh, so where are you from? Oh, no, God, it's from London. Oh, do they have electricity in London? Do they have, do they have I'm not even joking. I was like, do they have electricity in London? Do they have houses in London? Like he, wow. he asked, he generally asked me these questions and I'm like, and I, I was taken aback and I just went, yes, we, we, we do. So because yes. he didn't know, he didn't know where England was located. And he obviously I, thought I that England not. was Africa. Obviously, that's what he thinks. <laughs> possibly, um, possibly, you know, I mean, you know, if, if I, to be honest, if I, if I grew up in Africa, like we would have a even lengthier conversation because mm. there's, there's these there's stereotypes that, you know, that people have about Africa, even black people outside of Africa who've never been to Africa, you know, like the views they might, the views they have of Africa is, mm. you know, quite shocking, you know. Mm. Um, so that would be something like, so as as an African coming as a student to uh, maybe like the UK or the US or any you know anywhere outside of the continent, I can imagine the the, the the stereotypes they have to deal with. Like, oh my God. I tell you what, one of the things that lockdown has done for me is uh, I'm now on TikTok. I've gone viral on TikTok. Oh man, you've fallen into it. You've fallen I've fallen into it. I have to find a creative outlet. And yeah. um, just before the second lockdown, I went to Speaker's Corner and uh, I went to have a, a address the public in Speaker's Corner. And um, someone asked me, where are you from? I said, I'm from Liverpool. And he could not believe I was from Liverpool because I obviously put on a very thick African accent. And he could not believe, and even though I was born in Liverpool, he just could not believe I was born in Liverpool. He just thought I was, I was lying. So I posted that on TikTok and there was a long debate that how can he be born in Liverpool and he has an African accent? <laughs> mm. 
And it really messed their minds up. They were just, the, the long, that's how it went viral. People were just passing it on. He says he's from Liverpool, but he has an African accent. He's a liar. But what they don't know is that, yes, I was born in Liverpool and I went back when I was age five to Nigeria. Do you get, do you get it? And, and, you know, and I don't, I don't have a Liverpoolian accent. It's, I've lost it, you know, I've lost it. But they just couldn't, they just couldn't understand that there are people who travel all over the world who are immigrants who move from one place to the other. And they just do, they just couldn't understand it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's been, it's been, I, I know that you have a flight to catch. You're, you're on your way to, where are you off to without breaching, um, breaching um, your I'll security? I'll fly to Stockholm, um, off to Stockholm for Christmas, spend time with family. So, ah, excellent. Yeah. So you're going for your Christmas break? Yeah, yeah, just for like 10 days or so, yeah. No, but, but that's better because if you were in London, that would be tier three. You wouldn't be able to spend yeah. Christmas. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's it's pretty intense in Stockholm because they didn't have a lockdown, and they they're kind of paying for it right now. So. Um, oh, what what? Because you you tend to hear lots of stories. So so they didn't have lockdown. So is uh, there they've lost a lot of people compared to England? Um, not no no God no no not not compared to England. I should hope not because like the the population in Sweden is less than the population in London. Okay. London. So that would be that would be horrible. Okay. But um, in comparison to the neighbor, the neighboring countries like Norway, Denmark, and Finland, they all had lockdowns, and yeah. their cases are way less than than Sweden. Okay. Why why did they decide not to have a, a lockdown? Do you know? I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I mean, someone um, someone I spoke to actually said. One thing that's quite interesting. He mentioned like, well, Swedes don't like being told what to do. Um, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. I don't know, perhaps. Um, it's just like I don't know from like a generic and um, you know, anthropological, I don't know, perspective. But um, I, it, it's a mystery to me. It, it really, really is. Um, I was actually surprised personally that they didn't decide not to do that. And I was there in October, and it was it was so bizarre. It was obviously. Um, there were like signs in the distance and in supermarkets you were, you know, you were required to maintain, you know, like seven foot distance mm -hmm. at least, you know, mm -hmm. uh, standing you know, at least two meters apart. Well, when I was, when I was on a tube, like I was the only one wearing a mask on the oh, tube. Yeah. It was, it was so, it was weird. And um, walking, walking on the street, walking in central downtown, central Stockholm, it was like, it was like nothing had happened. It was it was so bizarre. It was just like twilight. Wow. Time. I was I was just baffled. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, um was... you you take care of yourself down there. Yeah, we, we're waiting back. <laughs> we're waiting for you back in England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scary scary thoughts. Um, yeah. But because London, as we know, is now tier three, and it's just all over the place. Just. You know, one of one of my frustrations is that I'm not in power to, you know, address some of these political issues that we have in um, in England. But um, it's what it's what it is. Um, I think they should have just cancelled Christmas. You're, you're, you're house arrest as well. I'm under house arrest, but I I wish they could just cancel Christmas and move it to the summer. That's what they should have done. That's controversial. Well, well, you you, you know what's really uh. interesting is when the muslims were celebrating their own festival they didn't allow them to they, they it was a lockdown so why are you treating the muslims differently 
from the Christians. That's a valid point, to be honest. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just, it's just, it's just, it's utter shambles, utter madness. Uh, it's just crazy. But look, let's not talk about the lockdown. I'm sick and tired of talking about the yeah. lockdown. To be honest with you. To be, but, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't care much Christmas. I'm, I'm not a Christmas person. Um, I just, I just, I just miss summer. I, I wanted, I wanted to be spring. I, I wanted to be April, May mm -hmm. again. So, yeah. So what, what are the plans for the future? Are we going to see you in Hollywood one day or not? <laughs> um, wow. I mean, I've, I've, it's, I haven't really been thinking it that far. Um, I, to be, to be honest, I just miss traveling with work again. Um, okay. that's, that's just the one thing. This is the longest I've been in the UK. Um, <laughs> without going abroad, because mm. normally during summertime I'm, I'm always abroad, um, and I was meant to go abroad, go abroad for work, but then obviously mm. you know what happened. Mm. So I just missed doing that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I've been following you on Instagram. You 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 you, you do have lots of um, videos. The last one I saw, you were dancing in a room. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It's my yeah. Like you said, you need to use TikTok for your creative outlet. I. I just, um, my life prior to COVID was going to dance classes and movement classes because I, you know, um, so I was, I was going, I was going bonkers, mate. So <laughs> I just started, um, I just started combining, oh, movement, music, two of my passions, boom, let's mash them together. Yeah, yeah. Let's create little dance, dance, dance videos. Let's put them up. And I became, I've become a better mover because of that. I've excellent, excellent. Much better mover. excellent. Yeah. So look, don't let me take uh, any more of your time. We've been talking now for well over, 30, 35, if not 40 minutes. And I know what is, how, how was it? What's the travel time like from England to Sweden? Is it? Uh, two and a half hours. Oh, um, so it's not, it's yeah. not a lot. No, it's not too long, but you know what? It takes two and a half hours to fly to Switzerland, apparently, which is further down. Which okay. Is, okay. Uh, anyway, enjoy the Christmas and uh, happy new year. Uh, I don't know how to say Merry Christmas, happy new year in Swedish, but maybe- In Swedish, okay, uh, right. Repeat after me. Good Yule. Good Yule. That's Merry Christmas. Och and. Och and. Oh, no, no, no. Och means and. Och. 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 Okay, well, <laughs> let's, let's keep practicing on it. Got. 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 Nit. Nit. Or. Or. Yeah, what's that? Good, good Yule. Good Yule of Got Nit Or. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much. I, I will let you know when I publish this. It will be on YouTube. So you you you'll be viewed on YouTube and you will also your podcast will be downloaded um either on Spotify, all these other platforms. But it's been it's been a real pleasure. Uh, and I, yeah, I and I wish you every success, continued success in your modeling, voiceover physical performer, actor, everything that you wish for. I hope you continue to uh, achieve it. And who knows, maybe when um, this lockdown is over and the pandemic is over, we can catch each other's shows, who knows, because I, I'm intending to go back into the theater. Actually, I can talk to you about that some other time. I, I want to start doing theater shows. Uh, so oh, I think mate, I, yeah. I would love that. I, oh my God, I, I just, I crave going to the theater. Yes, I, I know. Just, I miss. I just miss seeing a show. And I you remember know, the show you did in uh, in Stoke Newington. Um, 
a couple of years ago, like what was it, five years ago? It yeah. was like a stand up show. That was man, that was funny, man. Oh, is that? Uh, um, I really uh, enjoyed that. Is that the memoirs of Bar. the memoirs of President Abonjo or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It was like Ryan's Bar in Stoke Newington. That was, yeah. That, that was no, funny. no. Those were those were the good days, and it, it's just really. I mean, I was supposed to be performing tomorrow in Hastings, mm. and uh, they decided that it was tier three, and the promoter had sold was sold out, and then. I found out this afternoon it's not happening. So General COVID has won. He he or she has won the year. Humanity is just a complete and <laughs> yeah. utter yeah. write-off. But um, yeah. we I can't wait for the year to just end and, and see what happens for 2021. But I'm I'm hopeful. I, yeah. I mean if I stay alive and I'm not assassinated by the British government um, or COVID doesn't get me, I have done well this year. I have done well this year, but um, my yeah. friend, it's, it's, a, it's a scary world out there. So um, yeah, um, but yeah, we're we're being brave. We're being brave every single day. We step we we step outside. Yes, definitely. So good luck, safe journey, and um, that's it, folks. That's it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed what was such a very wonderful conversation with Jurasse. Um, I didn't even ask him how. How can people find you if they want to follow you? Um, yeah, so um, obviously don't follow me in real life. Okay, kind of <laughs> creepy, but um, so uh, I, I I tend to use Instagram mainly. So um, I'm I'm the easiest person to find on Instagram, which is kind of scary. But uh, so Durasi, it's just at Durasi. Um, mm -hmm. That's the flat platform I use the most. Um, I'm on Twitter and Facebook, but I, I to be honest, I rather use them. Twitter confuses me. Facebook, well, I just can't be bothered. So yeah, mainly it's mainly Instagram. Okay, so I, I thought it was such a wonderful conversation. A man with many talents speaks all sorts of languages, you know, multi-skilled, multi-skilled uh, black man doing pretty well. And we need a lot more of them out there to break the stereotypes. I found what was really useful. There was this discussion about um, racial stereotyping and the casting and, and his experience. So listeners, I hope you have found this extremely useful. I know he's going to Sweden. We've already had two downloads from Sweden. Two people have downloaded uh, a previous episode. So I suspect that we'll probably get more downloads from Sweden uh, because Durace is from, <laughs> it's, it's from <laughs> <laughs> But um, if I don't have another podcast before Christmas, I want to wish my listeners a fantastic Christmas. But I suspect I will have another one because, you know, I can't rest. I'm doing this podcast like I'm shooting jokes, like I'm at war. And that is exactly what I'm going to continue to do. So Merry Christmas in advance. And I'm sure I will release this before Christmas Day. And there might be another one before then. But thank you so much. Awesome.